0: We rebuke you, and we tell you to go in the name of Jesus. You have no place in angels' body. I claim wholeness, as intended, as paid for by your blood, Jesus. We claim the healing. We claim it right now in your name, Jesus. Mother God, we lift up New Delhi to you, Lord, in the name of jesus father i pray that you would pour out blessings upon this nation god i pray that you would bless every home every person that is living for you god i pray that you would meet every need both spiritual and financial lord god and i pray that you would bless the ministry there that Your praise is doing god i pray lord that you would use new delhi and the believers there to reach the houses and thousands more people lord god i just pray that you would bless them for obedience to you lord god despite persecution and hardships lord and I just pray that they would know that you are backing the love. You are behind them every step of the way.
1: In Jesus' name. Father, yeah, we just thank you for the yeah, youth. Yeah, Father yeah. God, the name of God. Father God, Father God, the name of Father God, the God. Set free Father
2: God, set free to Father God, the and the and the, 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 the line, form, form. Form. Uh, they will transform uh, the huh? and the they, they transform, will uh, uh, the devil uh, has to be defeated, and yeah, yeah. he, yeah. 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 he will, he will be defeated foes, and they are not. so we can thank you for the Lord, Father God, and for you Father God, and the will kingdom Father God, and they will be mighty warriors, for the kingdom, we give you
1: you 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 okay. you know, it glory, 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 new In the name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
3: Lord Father God, the youth of this nation, Lord Father God of America. I pray, Lord Father God, that you send conviction upon our hearts, Lord Father God, that you send revival, Lord Father God, Jesus, because they're stepping into this world, Lord Father God, that's corrupted, Lord Father God. I pray, Lord Father God, that you send their light, Lord Father God, that you use us, Lord Father God. You use the youth, Lord Father God, of elevator, Father God, of all around the world. All of our churches, Lord Father God, Jesus, to send. Lord Father God, Your word, Lord Father God, to spread it. Lord Father God, to preach of Your love and compassion that You have on us, Lord Father God. Because without You, without the love that You had on us, the mercy that You had on us, Lord Father God, we wouldn't be able to help them, Lord Father God. I pray that You send us, Lord Father God. No matter what we want, Lord Father God, that You send us, Lord Father. You push us, Lord Father God. That you give us a boldness, Lord Father God. Holy Spirit, you, you bring us the encouragement, Lord Father God, and the power, Lord Father God. That you unfold what you have for us, Lord Father God. And that we use that as a weapon against the devil, Lord Father God. We rebuke the devil with the Lord Father God. We claim victory over their lives of the high schools, Lord Father God, of the elementary schools, and the grammar schools, Lord Father God. We claim victory. God in Jesus name Hallelujah my King my God
0: Jesus Father God You are worthy my King Father God I just come to you Father God and I just ask for boldness within this place my God I ask for boldness Father God Jesus Father God. and I just ask Father God like that we will be brought to our first love my God like that we would not know how, how we felt the first day we got saved, my King. How we would feel, Father God, when we first heard your name, my God. And we heard of the great promise, my God, that you had for our lives, Jesus. Father God, I just pray for our hearts never to go callous, my God. For our hearts to never go numb, Father God. Numb for the things of you, Father God, numb for your spirit, Father God. I pray for just a fresh appointment, Father lives, Jesus. I pray to be used, my God, in this trip, praise to be used, my God. I pray for willing vessels in this place, my God, Jesus. I pray for willing hearts, Father God, and bold voices, my God. I, and I pray that the fear in the heart of be gone, my Jesus. And I just pray for it all in your name, Jesus, and I just claim the victory, Father God. Amen. I pray that you will raise your army so that we can lift up our homes, our city, our neighborhoods, our schools, lift up all of the churches around the world, save all of those who are lost. I have seen so many lost through New Orleans that I've heard of the lost that are all over the world from Nepal all the way to Africa. All the way through to Chicago, even those in our churches who are lost. Please, God, use us to save them. Make us be their light. Let us bring them to you, God. Heal us. Know the weak-hearted so that we have the strength in you to go out and preach what we need to. In your name I pray. Amen.
2: Hallelujah, Jesus, Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that you are answering these prayers, God. We thank you, Lord God, that you're going to come through, Lord God, because you are faithful. You care for this people. You care for the things that we ask you for, God. We bless you, Father God. We give you glory. Thank you for what you're doing right now, God, and thank you for what you're going to do, God. We ask that you take control, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name for this service, God. And everybody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Say hi to your neighbor. Welcome to Encounter Night. Please have a seat and get ready for the Word of God. Our main service is here in Metro Praise on Sundays 1-9 and 1-11 a.m. Here, Wednesdays we have encounter. We meet at 7 o'clock. Fridays we have youth service at 7:30 for the youth. Now, we wanted to invite you to also be part of our life groups that we have going on during the week. We have five adult life groups and two youth life groups. Okay, who likes life groups in here? I love them. They're all awesome. It's a good time for you to get connected to, to to a leader. A part of our vision is to love God and love people here at Metro Praise, and our strategy is to is to uh is to have a hundred thousand disciples, fifty churches here in Chicago, and five hundred churches all over the world. Okay, now we believe we can make that happen by connecting, mentoring, and sending. Okay, what well that means is you connect it to Jesus. You get connected to Jesus. We're meant to you to live like Jesus, and we send you out to share the gospel, and those 100,000 disciples will come, true, will come through. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. This control broke. Sorry about
1: that.
2: <laughs> now, we also want to, we've been challenging our people to give and, t- and tithe. Here we believe in tithes, is 10% of our, t- our total growth. And uh, if you if you feel led to give tonight uh, and to give your time, we have a drop box here in the back. We have another drop box in the sanctuary. If you want to give also for uh, for the mission and also for the building fund, feel free. We can do it online as well. Okay. And uh, here is the scripture that we oh, we have the scripture, but this is the the, the slide we have tonight. Amen. So let's just bow our heads and close our eyes and just ask the Lord to bless those that are giving. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for tonight, God. And God, we just ask that you bless all the givers, God. And God, that, they, that in their hearts will find, Father God, to give if they're not giving the 10% they, that, you, that it belongs to you, God. God, they will begin today, Father God. And Lord God, that you will bless them abundantly, Father God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that every single person in here, God, will be more of a generous giver, Father God. Onto your kingdom, God, because you are the one that provides them with a job. You're the one that gives to them, Lord God. You're the one that has done all the good things to every single one of us, God. So I just pray for your blessings over those givers, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Now we're really happy to have Pastor
4: Joel.
1: Come on.
4: Uh, would you mind moving that forward for me, please? Let's give it up for Eddie Berto who's doing good. Woo! I'm going to ask everybody open up their Bibles with me to the book of 1 Samuel. It's good to see you guys out here tonight. Uh, Berto, you can grab this as well. Uh, we want to talk tonight about the oppression of the devil and how to be free from the devil. Somebody say spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Thank you. guys are up tonight ready to go. Yeah. Come on. Ready to whoop the devil. Woo! Well, let me just share with you as you're turning your Bibles to 1 Samuel 16, uh, the reason why I'm sharing this is because last month when we were doing our uh, healing and deliverance service, I got into the uh, oppression of the devil section of Mark 16, how we will drive out demons. And I could see in your expression... That you needed to hear that, because so many of you were interested. And then, even as I was sharing, I felt the Lord say to come back and just spend an entire message on that. So, if you're ready, can you say Amen? amen. amen. Now, the thing about it is, you know, we don't have the children here, which is a good thing. But even then, the devil tries to take his power in the media, horror movies, and books, and novels. You know, from Harry Potter to these werewolves and uh, Draculas. Of uh, what's that one? the Twilight, Twilight, thank you. You know, so like there's kind of like this uh, wrestling match going on between God and the devil. And, you know, maybe if you hear a noise at night to be afraid, let's be more mature than that. Amen. Amen. There is no fight uh, like a battle between Jesus and the devil anymore, nor was there ever. When the devil rebelled, he was instantly kicked out of heaven. That was it. He fell like lightning. So when you saw the lightning storms last night, like like that fast, that is how fast Satan left heaven with his demons. And then when evil came to this earth, from the very beginning, when you look at Adam and Eve, from the very, very beginning, Satan has never had any power and authority unless we give it to him. He was restricted to that, uh, that tree as a serpent. He could not do anything else. He couldn't give Adam and Eve nightmares. He couldn't like come off of that tree and afflict them. He was put there as a test for Adam and Eve. And so if Adam and Eve never would have went to that tree, never would have been uh, snooping around, the devil never would have had any authority, we would all be naked, living in the Garden of Eden, not knowing any better, hallelujah, and the devil would still be on a tree somewhere. Right. And we would all be like, don't go by that tree. But you know, like after Adam and Eve, you know, like Cousin Flacco and, you know, and then one of us, Cousin Bob, would have gone over there and messed it all up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I probably would have messed it up. You would have messed Eventually, somebody would have got the devil off the tree there. Now... As as, as uh, you know, as simple as that can sound, that's really where all of our complex problems have come from. It's come from the devil. So when people say, you know, Joe, how is it God, who is good, could create a world with so much evil? Well, the first problem that you see right with that question is it's being asked the wrong way. God did not create the world you see it as today. This current situation as it is today was not the plan and the creation of God. This is a fallen world. This is now the after effect of Satan being loosed here. So the reason why there is evil is because the devil's here. But when you go back to the beginning, there was never evil. Okay, so just remind yourself of that. That that the devil, he was whipped by God very quickly. When we were on earth, he had no more authority than what was given to him and then as you go through the rest of the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation, any time the people of God get the power of God, He is whooped and defeated every single time. Every time He's defeated. Amen? So there isn't going to be a time where you're going to be, you know, calling on the name of Jesus, and the devil's not going to listen or obey you. Now you may be superstitious, you may have crosses, you may have holy water, you may bring over Father Pete or Father Tom or whatever, and he won't do anything for you. But I can promise you, any time in the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, when the people get the power of God, there is no fight. Satan is defeated. Amen. Amen. So that was just the introduction so that there's no uh, opportunity for the devil to bring nightmares and to, you know, destroy the peace of God. You know, it's, it's something how the devil's done that because I've even seen it in his church. When we were uh, in the youth group and some demons were cast out of a young girl and the devil was making those noises, you know, and two guys were holding down the girl as we were just simply praying for, her. you know, so many teenagers, they got scared and they're like, well, I'm scared of the devil. Why, my thing is, why would you be scared of the devil? We just cast out the church. Amen. And they're thinking, well, you know, I don't want him to come and possess me. we we'll live for Jesus. Amen. Live for Jesus. I don't have any fear of being possessed by the devil because I live for Jesus. You know, it's like the man who says, I'm afraid of living on the planet Mars. You're not on the planet Mars. You don't have to worry about there not being enough oxygen or the right temperature. You're not in that condition. And if you live for god you never have to fear the devil amen to so look at your neighbor and say no fear no in fear. jesus name
1: no okay
4: so when we're talking about the devil this isn't trying to be spooky i don't want you to come and say "No, i'm scared this is to give you authority and power over the devil amen, amen. how many want power and authority over him right. how many want to do what jesus did and what the devil right. amen so, let me just give you a scripture, even before this 2 Samuel, uh, let me just give you a scripture that even just says what I just said in the introduction, and I didn't have it up there. I want you to see that the Bible says in Ephesians, turn there with me quickly, to Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verse 27, that the Bible says, do not even give the devil a foothold. So turn to Ephesians four twenty-seven, and as you're turning there, I want you to understand that there is nothing that, like even a foothold, when wrestlers are wrestling together, and, you know, if they can get a foothold or, you know, grab a hold of their feet, they can maybe put them down or get them to tap out. The Bible says, do not even give the devil a foothold. Look at it, Ephesians 4, verse 27. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down where you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Okay? So nobody here who is pursuing Christ should be afraid of the devil. Why? Because you're not going to give him a foothold. Yeah. Now, if you're struggling with sin, and in this sin it was anger, you're struggling with perversion, and you're not letting God operate in your life, well then you've got something to be afraid of because He can get you in a foothold. But just because you have sinned doesn't mean the devil made you do it or he's got you in a stranglehold. If you've sinned, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, be quick to repent. You know, Just like, Lord, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Cleanse me. Mean true repentance and you'll never have a foothold in your life. Amen? Amen. And then there's another Scripture that I want you to see where the Bible says that we are going to be aware of the devil's plans, that we're going to be aware of the devil's schemes. And so if anybody can help me find that as I'm word searching it right here, somebody help me. Because we should not be unaware either of what the devil is doing in this world. So if we talk about it, it shouldn't be like, oh, we're, we're like glorifying the devil, like we're giving him attention. No, what we're doing is we're exposing him. And look at 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. Thank God the word search is faster than some of you Bible scholars out there. Amen? Oh, you would have had it?
1: Ephesians 6 says,
4: that's that's not what I was looking okay. for but let's give it up for our sister for trying amen yeah. now listen to what it says second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 get there quickly and I just I'm giving this to you as the Lord's given it to me it's not even in my notes I just wanted to share this so that nobody walks out if you're afraid that the devil can tear you up he cannot he is defeated look at second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10. It says, if you forgive anyone, I have also forgiven him. And what I forgive, if there is anything to forgive, I have forgiven in this sight of Christ for your sake. Verse 11 in order that Satan may not outwit us. Everybody say, outwit us. Outwit us. Thank you, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Amen. He is a scheming devil, amen. amen? He is trying to scheme on you. He's trying to do things in secret. The Bible says whenever he lies, he speaks his native tongue because he's a liar. He's like a cockroach. He loves dark places. He doesn't like to come out into the light. And I have to say it, even though it's kind of cliche, but it's true, the biggest lie he ever told was that he didn't exist. And we see that today even in our culture is that people don't even understand that he even exists. All of the pain, all the trouble, the things they fought in life, they're they're saying, you know, this is you know evidence that there's not a God because of all the evil, but really all of that evil is the evidence of a God because God created it good, he came and did evil, and on the inside we know it's not right and it needs to be set in order. Right. And the way I look at it, it's like this. If you've got people standing in line, you know, like kids in kindergarten and the one kid, you know, kind of steps over the other one, slaps them upside the head and then kind of looks around, you know, that person turns around and thinks that this person right here did it. And that's what the devil does. You know, he comes, he brings all of these problems into our lives, he slaps us upside our head, he turns around like he's not doing anything and he said, God did it, God did it. You know, the reason why there's evil is because the devil did it. The devil did it. So we shouldn't be unaware of him. We should know how he acts and how he moves and what he's doing. And if you're ready for the message, can you say, preach it? Preach it! Thank you. Let's go now to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14. Today's message, spiritual warfare. We're going to start off in the life of King Saul, who was once a man of God. And because he backslid, he had an evil spirit come and torment him. So now once again, you might say, Pastor, well, I'm a little scared. Okay, I hope we did scare the hell out of you, and you won't backslide. Okay, because if you backslide, this could happen. Are we all getting this tonight? But if you're not planning on backsliding, you don't got anything to be afraid about. Amen? Amen. First Samuel 16, verse 14. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Now think about that just for a moment how serious this is. God had His spirit upon Saul's life and if you read the previous chapters in Samuel you'll see that Saul was rebellious. He wouldn't obey what the prophet Samuel was saying. And and in those scriptures it says that rebellion is the sin as witchcraft. So some of you who maybe are not living for God and you're saying, well, at least I'm not worshiping the devil, 666. In the Bible it teaches that if you're rebellious towards your parents, you're rebellious towards the Word of God, it is the same as witchcraft. So Saul was rebellious. He disobeyed God. And here is the Scripture. The Spirit of the Lord departed from him. And then here's the scariest thing you'll ever see in your life. An evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Do you know that even to this day, God uses Satan for his own good? God allows Satan to do what he does on this planet for his own glory. Meaning from the very beginning when man chose sin, God allowed evil spirits to be here. God has allowed them to help bring the people of God back to himself to warn us that evil has consequences. So the first thing you learn here right off the beginning is you see there's two types of spirits. There is the good Holy Spirit and then the spirits that come from God, the Holy Spirit, which we call angels. These are messengers. And then there are evil spirits and these evil spirits are fallen angels that come to torment. Can you all say amen? Amen. 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 Let's keep reading verse 15. Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes upon you and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. And all the women said, Amen. 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 That's what you want right there, is a brave man and a warrior, and you want him to be fine, fine fine-looking. Come on. He is fine looking. And the Lord is with him. Amen? Because if he's just fine, but the Lord's not with him, you're going to be in trouble. But there's nothing wrong, gentlemen, listen, with being fine and having the Lord with you. And all the men said, "Woo woo Okay, the ones that didn't go whoop, whoop, ladies, watch out for them, all right? Okay, verse 19. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said... Send me your son David who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey, loaded it with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat and sent with him his son David to Saul. So very simply what's going on? is Saul has lost the spirit of God. He's being tormented by an evil spirit. God is actually allowing it to punish him for his rebellion. And now the people around him can see, dude, you've got an evil spirit. You're out of control. Things that are going on in your life, you are being attacked by this spirit. Get somebody who can worship around you because when the worship of God gets around you, you will get free. I wish I just had half a church to help me preach about worship. Come on, you see, if you can worship God, evil spirits cannot be in that place. I have been in services where before the preacher even preached, before the shouting even started, just the worshiping from like a a girl like Rachel on the keyboard tormented those spirits and made them leave. That's why if you track with your life when you stay away from worship you're usually in sin. Because sin and those things will keep you from that prayer and worship. But when you are living in prayer and worship you will be living free from sin. And I can testify to that when I was a backslider as a young uh, high school student my mother loved worship and she had the good worship on. Not that just that lame old boring stuff but every time I would get in the car she would take me to school or something. She would have on like those beautiful worship songs and man, I could just feel the evil on the inside of me just getting tormented because worship torments the devil. So you want to know how to torment the tormentor? You worship God in Jesus' name. Come on. Because the devil can't stand your praise. That's where it's at. So that's what happened. So they said, man, you need to get a worshiper. And then then one of the attendants said, hey, David, the son of Jesse, he's a worshiper. And then all those descriptions, fine-looking, mighty man and a warrior. Verse 21 now. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much and David became one of his armor bearers. That was an assistant. He helped him out. Verse 22, Then Saul sent word to Jesse saying, Allow David to remain in my service for I am pleased with him. And here's the key verse. Verse 23, Whenever the Spirit from God came upon Saul, David would take his harp and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. So, as we look today about spiritual warfare, I want you to know number one it 's real, okay spiritual warfare is real, and the the problem is you saying if you're here today you're saying, i don't want to go radical for god i 'm not into this spiritual stuff i 'm just going to kind of stay in between what you're not understanding is that by not choosing a side, you've already been on the devil's side and so the devil can do things to you now without any hesitation because he has the permission. And this is where we go back to the Garden of Eden, and I wish I had more time. But when Adam and Eve gave him the... When they served the devil, they obeyed the devil, they made him a master, or as the Bible says, lowercase g, God of this world. When they disobeyed God and they obeyed Satan, Satan became the God, lowercase g, God, ruler, master of this world. So that means until people are born again and come to God, they are still under the rule and authority of the devil. Are you all tracking with me here? So if you're just saying, hey, Christianity, uh, being radical, I'm just going to kind of take a rain check on that. I'm just going to go back to my church. I'm just going to kind of stay out the fight. No, by you doing that, you have now allowed yourself... To stay under his control, Amen. and and I wish once again I had time to get into all the details. I have a book I want to rem, uh, to uh, to give to you to, to recommend. It's by Lester Summerall. and it's the answer book to demons. He wrote a whole book just on demons. God used him in the '40s and '50s, all the way up to the '80s and '90s. He's gone home to be with the Lord. This was the book that I cut my teeth on when I first started in ministry. He gets into a lot of detail. But just hear me when I say this, that number one, the devil is real. And that number two, if you're not going to live for God, you are already under His power and authority. Now I want you to see the two things that He does to people that are under His power and authority. So I want you to, to know this so if you know anybody or if you're here today, you can defeat Him And then I want you to know what He's trying to do to you as a Christian who He knows He's got to come at you differently because He knows that He doesn't have authority so He'll try to come in a different way. But let's go to Matthew 4.24 and see what the devil does to people right now that don't have His authority, that aren't under His blessing and what the devil can do. And it is sad and it even sometimes affects children and that's why parents, it's very important for you to serve God. You see, even your children can remain under the domain of the devil until you pray and bless them and protect them, guard them, ask the Lord's angels to watch over them. I mean, this may sound like, oh, well, I don't really believe in angels. Like this is a Sunday school thing. But those Sunday school things, they taught you are right. I can talk to you right now from Psalms 91. Read it over your family if you haven't read it yet. That the Bible pro- promises protection by angels to His people. Okay, so you parents got to get in on this, but look with me to Matthew 4.24 and look at what it says here. So these are those who don't have the authority of Jesus. They're born into a world of sin. They may not even be the worst of sinners, but the devil can take authority over their life and look what he'll do. Matthew 4.24. Now news about Him. This is talking about Jesus. Spread all over Syria. And people brought to Him all kinds of people who are ill with various diseases and those suffering severe pain, the demonic possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and He healed them. Everybody say possessed. 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 Now this is the first thing the devil can do is possession. Now this is the most extreme, but possession, if you're taking notes, means to have total control over one's faculties. Mind, you know, thoughts, speech, actions, your faculties as a human being. When the demons come to possess somebody, they will then take over all of those things. Now, we can see in the Bible that that possession can get so severe that the people live naked at the edge of the tombs. They try to bind them up with chains. They have supernatural strength. It can be as severe as that, Two as... Uh, light and I hate to use the word light but in comparison to that it can be as subtle is a better word as the situation in the book of acts where the young girl she had the gift of fortune telling and she kept following along the uh, the disciples and she kept saying these are men of god these are men of god and and you know after a while paul kind of said you know okay you've told that that to everybody we get it now but she kept doing it and then paul discerned one of the gifts discerning of the spirit she, he knew that, that she was doing that not by the Holy Spirit giving praise, but that was a demon trying to sound the warning to all the other demons. These are Christians. Watch out. These are men of God. And so the Bible says Paul turned around and said, you know, Satan, loose that girl. And she was instantly set free from that. And uh, actually, the the, the men who were using her gift of fortune telling to make money saw the spirit leave. She couldn't tell fortunes anymore. They were mad and they persecuted Paul. And that's how he actually, him uh, uh, him and Silas got put into jail. So what am I trying to show you? Possession can be as extreme as the man at the tomb and be as subtle as a young girl just having those special gifts that people may think actually came from God. And so what can we learn about possession? What we can learn about possession is that the devil, he loves the human soul. And these demons love the human body to live in. And let me just give you an example of this because the Bible says that they're actually searching for places to come inside of human beings and to dwell within them and to live there. And the Bible says if you're not careful, they'll come. And if you just ask them to leave, they can come actually back seven times worse. Look with me to Matthew 12, verse 45. And this is talking about possession. Why do the demons want to do this? Now, theologians have Discussed over the different uh, passages in the Bible. Uh, some of the, the the ideas that have been presented of why evil spirits like possession so much. This would be uh, going to their fallen state. They were once angelic beings full of God's glory. Now they are uh, full of sin and filth. And so being inside of a human soul, inside the spirit of a man, there's a sense of comfort for them. Where being outside on their own, there's a discomfort. Now of course, we can't relate to this, we're not demons, but I guess it would make sense if... You were a demon that if who you were was so wicked, if you got to be by one of God's special creation, maybe it eases their pain. And so this is the idea the Bible paints for us, the picture it paints. Look at Matthew 12, you'll You'll get this right here. Verse 43, When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. So what it talks about here is if an evil spirit gets set free out of a person, it now goes to desert places and when you study uh... you know church history and you look around a lot of desert places a lot of dry places suffer from demonic oppression. As a matter of fact, one of the biggest, uh, the Burning Man, I believe they called out in the desert of Nevada, uh, and and don't quote me on it, but I have uh, the details online, It's one of the biggest gathering, about 100,000 people go out there, worship the devil, they call upon the spirits, and that is the best place for them to do it. And as a matter of fact, when you look around this area, even in America, Nevada, and the edges of California, you'll see the most concentration of New Age and of those different things. And then when you look at... Uh, witch doctors or uh, people even in, you know, in Central and, and South America that what these witch doctors who are possessed by these evil spirits will normally do is move away to these dry and arid places uh, it just says that the demons like to go there and try to find rest now they're looking for rest but they don't find any okay so this is where we're getting this idea that an evil spirit is trying to find something that it can only get inside of a human soul And it it can't fight it. So verse 44, then it says, I will return to the house I left or the body that I left. So it's calling, just like how the Bible says the Holy Spirit, uh, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, you could also be the temple of an evil spirit. You all tracking with me? So He calls the body His house. He says, Then I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept and clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there, and the final condition of that man is what? than the first and that is how this wicked generation will be so he's basically saying this generation that's rejecting him is like a demon-possessed generation let's talk about this for a moment possession so these spirits they're fallen they're not angelic anymore they're dark they're disgusting. Uh, people who have said they've seen them, they can't appear like things we see in horror movies. But at the same time, they can appear as angels of life. Uh, they come in, in the forms of relatives and these different things. And when they get inside somebody's life, inside their soul and spirit, the inner part of them... They don't just want to be there by themselves. There is a hierarchy which we'll get into Ephesians where they are accountable to other demons that have rank. They begin to start bringing the other demons with them. The devil's army is an organized army. you all tracking with me here? See, now don't get spooky and scared. Amen? Everybody just say Jesus. Okay, there we go. Don't get scared now. So what we learn here is that if we do not fill the house with the Holy Spirit the devil has a clean house to come to. Does everybody understand? Yeah. Amen. Look at it. It says if he comes back and he finds that the house is clean, he will then try to find seven other spirits to move in. So as I was saying before, you may say, well, I don't want to get all radical for God. out of speaking in tongues. I don't know about that. This is not for me. I'm just going to be a casual Christian. Well, if you're not careful, your house can be left as an open penthouse for demons to come into. Now, when they possess, what are some of the attributes that begin to happen to people? Well, just write these down. People can become very sick. Not all sicknesses come from evil spirits, but some do. Some can come from the evil spirits. They can be sick. Uh, they can actually affect the bones of the body. We see the woman that was in the church service. She was bent over for like 17, 18 years. And the Bible says that it was an evil spirit that was tormenting her, making her bones wither away. And Jesus said, Woman, thou art loosed. And she could stand up and the devils uh, had to loose her so it could make you sick. It can affect your bones. The third thing, it can have you self-inflict pain upon yourself. And the reason why I think the demon would want us to torment our own body, cutting of the wrist, the young child throwing itself into the fire, the, the gnashing, the grinding of the teeth. And once again, I'm not saying all mental illness is this, but the reason why I think demons want to do this is because they're destroying the house that God made for His Holy Spirit. So think about the young ladies that cut themselves, anorexia. Some of these things could be because evil spirits are living inside of these people. So the evil spirit can bring sickness. He can wither the bones. The evil spirit then can bring self-affliction to the person. And then lastly, the evil spirit can actually blind the person from God to not be able to see God's work and this is the final curse of Revelation that the Bible says whoever receives the mark of the beast will be so demon-possessed and afflicted that they won't even be able to receive Christ. Now today, we still see lots of demon people, demon-possessed people, people accept Christ. Can we say amen? amen? But I just want to put that in there because when you read the book of Revelation at the end, when it gets the worst, and these people worship the mark of the beast, at that point, they are handed over to Satan. They're handed over to him, and now the evil spirit will actually blind them forevermore into receiving Christ. So, uh, first of all, you don't ever want to be demon-possessed. And if you are demon-possessed, let's get you free right now in Jesus' name. Because if you remain in that state it can cost you your eternity. Okay? Now the next thing that I want you to see after possession, what the devil can do is he can oppress. Everybody say, Oppress. So you can remember very easily, Possess and oppress. Look with me to Acts chapter 10, verse 37 through 38. Today we are going to pray for everyone who wants to be free from the work of the devil. Amen? Amen? And if today... That uh, you know somebody, you need to take this message to them and and get them free in Jesus' name. Amen. Because you can pray for them just like the pastor does. So if you know anybody like this, and as you're turning to Acts uh, chapter 10, verse 37, reminds me of a funny story with the missionaries. Uh, They were Baptists. They didn't really believe in the, you know, speaking in tongues, casting out devils. They went to a good Bible college. They go overseas. I think they're somewhere in Central America or something, uh, you know, into an indigenous people group. And they're uh, preaching the gospel, and they're able to speak the language and all these things. And eventually they get to the story of the man that's demon-possessed. And, uh, you know, he's living at the tombs. He's cutting themselves. And the tribal people go, hey, we got somebody just like this right over here. We tied him up and put him right by this, this desert area. You know, uh, Let's go get him. And the missionaries were scared. The missionaries were like, we've never done this before. Well, you know, some churches teach that the age of miracles passed away, that it was only for the apostles. So it was it's a true story, and these missionaries are kind of following the people who are only saved for a few weeks themselves, and they're kind of following behind them. But these people have so much faith, they just are so excited, they go and run over, grab the demon-possessed person, be free in Jesus' name! And then man gets free! And then the missionaries say, teach me how to do that! I can tell you I've even heard that to this day. My wife can attest that even in one of my seminary classes of another Baptist universe, nothing against the Baptists, you know, because they can get, they can be Bapticostal if they want to get that Pentecostal power, as we learned last week, but even in my own seminary today, like I have the video, he was saying I was visiting Brazil and they were casting out demons and I was scared. And this is the professor, am I telling the truth, Nancy? And then they asked the professor. Do you want to pray with us and see God's power? He said, no, you guys do it. You see, so it doesn't matter how new of a Christian or how much you know. If you know the power of Jesus, demons have to flee when you tell them to go. Amen? So don't think, well, I gotta go get the pastor. I gotta wait till next week's service. If this is for somebody you know, just go right up to them. Amen? Amen. And tell them to be free. Well, let me tell you a story as I'm here right now as well because You know, sometimes uh, when when people are possessed, before I get to oppression here, you know, when people are possessed, you can't even talk to them. And you've got to talk to the Spirit itself. And I remember being in uh, New Orleans. And New Orleans, French Quarter, lived there seven and a half years. And I spent uh, most of that time going out every Friday and Saturday night. And I remember one time, we were preaching the Gospel, and there was a man that just kept foaming at the mouth, chasing after us. Uh, You know, he was trying to hurt us, and I was actually afraid of him. I, you know, I'm thinking this is somebody that wants to hurt me, so I'm running away from him. And uh, it's yeah, it was true. So I'm running because I'm thinking, man, I don't want to knock this guy out. Maybe I could have done that, but I'm just thinking, man, I don't want to do this. And then eventually, you know, I just said, I gotta go home. Man, I just this wasn't right for me. So I go home, and then I talk to my professor the next day, and I say, Professor. What do you do when crazy people, you know, hunt you down and run you down? He said you turn around and say, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Yeah. And I said, i got to go give that a try. I am serious. I am serious. So I go out there next time, and I'm just, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, come on, man, let's give it a shot. I'm wondering where that crazy dude's at. And then I'm a little scared. Let's just be real. I'm a little scared on the inside. And all of a sudden, sure enough, he comes at me. And you're thinking maybe these guys are just messing with me, you know, because, you know, New Orleans is crazy. Trust me. I can tell the difference between, like, normal crazy and demon-possessed crazy. Okay? You can tell the difference. So this wasn't just some guy making fun of us Trying to play with it This was the real deal And he actually came Did the same thing He was a gutter punk Lived on the street Came running after And I said I rebuke you in Jesus name And instantly my friends The spirit You could just see it Leave him His countenance And he just shrunk down And he just walked away wow. I wish I, I wish I would have seen him get saved But he was then delivered for my sake, for safety. And there was another time during Mardi Gras that we were preaching and, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people all over the streets and uh, we would have people stand in front of us because while we're preaching, you know, drunk people want to throw beers at us, try to take the microphone out of our hands so I had a few men standing in front and this is what we always would do but Brent Atkins, I'll never forget sitting right, standing right in front of me and I was preaching the gospel and there was just the gutter punks and once again see people living out in arid places getting away from society living on the fringes these homeless teenagers you know they've gone through hurt in life and the devil just loves to possess these guys and so it was with these guys again and so they were across the street and I could just see this guy who was getting so mad he said you keep preaching and I'm going to kill you he's threatening us and uh, you know I'm just preaching I'm just like Jesus loves you yes he does he loves you And I'm scared. I'm like, like, he loves you. And I'm like, you know, peeing on myself. And so literally, I'm telling you guys, have to be there. Some of the student students can relate. This guy said, I told you I was going to kill you. And he runs up. He's cocking back his fist. And I'm thinking to myself, man, Brett, you're going to get punched in the face. So I just kind of stand back like this. And, And man, I will tell you, Brett, man, he didn't shout. He didn't do anything. This guy comes to punch him right in the face. And I couldn't hear it because of the noise. I just see Brett just move his finger like this and his mouth like this and all of a sudden this guy just does the same thing and I said what did you do Brett and he said I bind you evil spirit in Jesus' name loose this man and let him go come on somebody you see, there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. He didn't even have to shout. He just told that devil, listen to me, Satan, leave us now. There is power and authority. So, old so, oh, uh, possessed people, you can see them set free. And then, of course, Amen. we give the gospel to them. Uh, but there's an old saying, and it's true. You can cast the devil out the person, but not the person out the devil. Amen. You see, you can get somebody set free from the devil, like devil loose them, and the devil... Well, listen, because we said it. But if they don't go to their own house and invite the Holy Spirit, but they want the devil, then they'll go right back to where they were even worse. But let's look now at oppression. It's a little bit different than possession. Acts 2, 37 through 38. It says, you know what has happened throughout Judea. This is a Luke talking about all the good stuff that went on or rather Peter, Peter's talking here. And he says, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Everybody say, God anointed. Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth. Come on, with the Holy Spirit Spirit. and power. Can we say it again? God anointed anointed. Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth. With with the Holy Spirit and power. Amen. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Everybody say under the power. Under the power. Thank you. Under the power of the devil, because God was with them. This is one time actually that the King James actually translates the word better than the NIV. Under the power of the devil in the King James is all those oppressed of the devil. You see, we don't really understand that phrase under the power. Uh, if we looked at it, I think we could get it. You know, if I had power and I pushed you down, then you would be under that power, you would understand it. But I think we understand the word oppress better. Just it just says something. We are being pressed by somebody else. We can't move because of the pressure of somebody else. Whether you want to say oppressed or under the power, just hear my point today. That when the devil cannot come in and fully possess or chooses not to for whatever reason, one of the things he loves to do is to oppress people. Now here's the thing is that he can do this to Christians as well. You see, that's when it gets quiet now. Now, the question that people have always asked me, could a Christian be demon-possessed? I don't think they can be possessed in the sense of all the examples I gave you because the house is clean. But what can happen to Christians who don't have the authority and don't live by God's power? They can be oppressed by the devil. They can live under the power of the devil just like the sinner does and not even know what has happened to them. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I'll share it with you here and then a few stories and we'll pray for everybody. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to release the oppressed. Everybody say, Release Release the the oppressed. Thank you. And I also want you now to turn with me to John chapter 8. And then I'll tie it all up and we'll close out tonight. John chapter 8. Closing out here with oppression. And then I'll tell you some things that we can do to not only help our friends, but to live free. When you look at John chapter 8, this is very popular in verse 31. We love it here, this verse. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free, right? And the anointing comes to set free the oppressed. Uh, Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit to let loose all those under the power of the devil, all those oppressed by the devil. Are you all listening? Okay. Now look at verse 34. How do people get oppressed by the devil? Here it is. John 8, verse 34. Back up to verse 33 because you'll hear the people ask it. Here are Jewish people saying, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we will be set free? So Jesus is saying, hey guys, be my disciple. You'll know the truth. You'll be set free. And they're saying, what are you talking about? We've never been in slavery. It's been a while since we've come from Egypt. We don't know a slave master. We are free people. And of course, people in America, if I said you're going to be free by Jesus, they're going to say, well, I'm already free. How am I a slave, you know? But here is how it happens. Verse 34, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Wow, so how does that oppression come? How does the devil begin to press against people? How does he begin to push them down with his power, whether they are Christians or non-Christians, by their sin? So take for example today, you know, just just a, uh, just a very quick example. Joselito, would you stand up, please? Amen. Uh, Joselito, would you just turn around for everybody? Everybody look at Joselito right there. You may be seeing. Let's give it up for Joselito. Thank you. Me looking at Joselito is not a temptation to sin. The devil is not going to come and try to make me a slave yeah. to homosexuality. Are you all listening to me? You see, to me, there is no desire in Joselito. Now, for somebody else in this room, you might have got close to stumbling right there. When Joselito did that turn, you might have been, you know, fantasies might have started. You know what I'm saying? You might have heard some old 80s song, I feel like making love. You know, you might have heard something. There ain't nothing wrong. You might have heard that in your head ladies when you looked at him. But you, you see, you've got to fight that because here's the thing. The devil cannot bind us or oppress us. Put us under the power of something that we don't choose first. That's right. That's right. You see, when someone becomes bound up under the power of pornography, it's because they first chosen it. And the way we can look at oppression is just as slavery. Just as slavery. The chain goes around the neck. The shackles go around the arms and the legs. And then the leash leads that person along. Now, that's what the devil does. Somebody can't say, oh, well, the devil made me do it. No. someone, Somewhere along the line, you chose your sin. You didn't confess it to God. You didn't get it out of your life. By doing that, you became a slave to it. And your slave master is the devil. Let's just keep on reading down uh, because these men are getting offended now. And they're saying, well, you know, we're not that bad of people. We're Jews. We're sons of Abraham. God is our Father. And then look at verse 42 of that same chapter. uh, Chapter 8, verse 42. Jesus said to them, now, you got to remember, this is not Barney Jesus, and this is not that blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus that just hangs out around, in the, you know, in those Last Supper pictures. It's like, hey, guys, you know, just to pass me the wine. Okay, this is not this limp-wristed, sissy Jesus here, okay? This is a carpenter, dark-skinned, tattered face from being out in the sun. You know, some strong, calloused hands could lift up a lot of weight, man. He carried a 110-pound cross after being beaten all night. This is, a, this is an awesome man, okay? So Jesus said to them, if God will... your father, you would love me for I came from God and now am here and have not come on my own. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. And then he starts saying, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar." and the father of lies. You see, what happens is you can stand up all day and say, well, I go to church. I believe in this. But the devil knows your actions. And so if behind closed doors you're sinning secretly, he still has the right to take you as his slave. And so that's really the message for us today. Do not let the devil oppress you. Put you under his power. Live free from the sins that try to attack you and to give you temptation. And temptation, the Bible says, is common to all of us. And even in those times of temptation, God has made a way of escape. Can you say escape? escape. Amen. I want you to turn with me to First 1 Corinthians 10.13 as we get ready to pray for our last half hour tonight. Here's my uh, closing Scriptures. Okay, Just a few more and I'm going to close out. And then we're going to pray. Look at First 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Amen. So friends, when you are tempted, if you were tempted when Joselito stood up, ladies, when you were tempted by that, okay? Temptation is not the sin. The sin comes when you give in to that temptation and you allow it to become a desire and then you desire that and that now becomes sin. Don't take my word. Turn to James chapter 1. But when you're turning there to 1, I want you to listen to me. The temptation is not the sin. Everybody say, it's not not the sin. The sin is the thought or the action. And so, what the devil does? let me just let you in on this let 's look at James and then i 'll let you in on what I think he 's trying to do and expose that filthy cockroach amen, amen. so we will not be unaware let 's look at James chapter one verse thirteen James one thirteen When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire... Everybody say, my own evil desire. Thank you. When our own evil desires come, He is dragged away and enticed, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. You all tracking with me here? Amen. Okay, let me kind of tie it all together. There is good spirits and bad spirits. Satan is a defeated foe and he is always defeated when the power of Jesus comes. We saw in the life of Samuel that when people turn their back on God, they are now able to be affected by the devil. We've also seen that those who have not been born again are still under the power of the devil until they're born again. The two major things that Satan and his demons want to do is possess and oppress. The possession comes to make the person sick, to destroy their body, to bring self-affliction, and then to damn them forever to hell, to steal, kill, and destroy. Oppression is living under the power, the effects, the bondage of Satan because someone has given in to sin. And now we're learning Where sin comes from. This is where the battle starts, right here. When we are tempted. So if you're taking notes, write down the three things that will tempt you the most. Things that you would have the propensity to do against God's commands. I'll give you my three right at the beginning. For me, anger. As the Bible says, do not sin in your anger. Anger itself is not a sin, but we can sin in anger, say things we regret hurt people, become bitter. For me, it's anger. The second one is perversion. You know, we asked the pastor one day when we were in Bible college, Pastor, how do we know when it's lust After the second look. And so, you know, the man, he may look the first time, then the second time. And then somebody said, but Pastor, my first look was about 20 seconds long. What about me? You know, it's not even in these type of categories. I know, and you should know, men, if you're close to the Lord, When your look or your glance or your gaze or your meditation turns to perversion, that's for me. And then the third thing is that pride of life. Just, you know, when I think I can do it on my own, selfish ambition, where God becomes a sidekick. And instead of me becoming His servant and He uh, being my master, it's kind of like I'll take God through the things I want to do. So those are my three. And I'm not ashamed to tell you. So you can pray for me in those areas. Say, you, know, you can pray to the Lord, God, keep Joe from the temptation of sinning and anger, perversion. May he always be faithful to his wife and turn away from evil things. And God prays in him a heart of a servant. So you see, it's no uh, hidden discovery. If you find somebody around the church going, Hey, psst, Who, me? Yeah, you. Psst, come over here. I know when Joe, Pastor Joe's struggles are. You just say, you do? Yeah. And then say, you know what? Let's pray about it, okay? And then when they close their eyes, you just take off your shoe. Bam! He told us, dummy! You know, people are trying to figure out what my weaknesses are. Come to church, I'll tell you what my weaknesses are. If God already knows what my weaknesses are, why am I trying to hide it from you? God, the devil, my wife, everybody knows. I don't care if you know.
1: Come on, somebody. You
4: see, you've got to be real with those areas of your life. And when you feel those temptations come, as 1 Corinthians says, we have to pray and say, God, I feel tempted. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. You know, when you're at the checkout line, fellas, and you see those magazines, you know, just look at the candy bars. That will be better for you. Amen. You build up your muscle that way. Praise God. You know, just turn away. And you know, anger. Just pray for patience. And and let God bring love in your heart. And fight for me selfish ambition. You know, that's why I go on mission trips. Because when I'm there, it's not about me. It's not about America. It's not about air conditionings. And no matter how hard I try, it always just rocks me to the core. And I just become like a little little delicate flower just crawling on the ground that they walk on. Just go, I, I can't even live without them because they're my interpreters. They're our vehicles. They're our, you know are rides. You become so humble when you're over there. You have to know your trigger points. Amen. Okay? So fight temptation when it comes. Fight it head on. Uh, Don't be in denial. Don't don't deny temptation. Some people, you know, we teach Word of Faith. Speak the Word. You know, I'm more than a conqueror. I am set free. I believe that. And that's good to speak the Word. But when the temptation is there, don't try to ignore it. Speak now to the temptation and say, I will not give in to this perversion right now. And set up boundaries. Every one of your sins in your life, you can have boundaries to prevent you from going in that direction. So, like, for example, if you struggle with bitterness, tell all your friends, say... If you ever hear me say anything negative about this person, my ex-husband, my boy, you know, whatever. Whenever you hear me say that, you just say back to me, bless them, bless them. You know, so the next time you can be with that friend and you're just like, you know what my ex-husband did, my ex-husband did this, this. And then your friend will go, just bless them. Bless him. And you're just like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> God bless them. You know, you just sometimes got to force yourself. Yes. Yes. You know, young men, you deal with perversion and all that. Take your computer, put it in a place that everybody sees in your house. Or don't have, I've known men not to even own computers when they live by themselves. To shut off 3G off their phone. To do whatever it takes. But the bottom line is temptation will come. And you have to fight it. Now what, would, what should we do? if we do sin. Does that mean instantly, oh, now the devil's going to possess me all oh, there? You know, I'm not going to be able to get my right mind now because I'm demon-possessed. No, look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Everybody say amen. amen. Come on, we're here in the preaching today. On. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. You are not demon-possessed because you have sinned singularly or have given into your sin. You will be demon-possessed if you do not repent or excuse me pro, uh, uh, oppressed you are potentially a victim now of the devil if you continue on that sin and i'll read it for you here first john chapter 2 my dear children i write this to you so that you will not sin so why does first john in the bible why does john write these things so that we don't sin isn't that the goal guys right. some people are like well i got grace i'm going to sin all i want No, you're not. You're not going to heaven that way, okay? The Bible is written. All of this is here so you don't sin. But look at it here. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. You see, friend, if you do sin, immediately come to the Lord and begin to repent and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean with Your blood. Let me be whiter than snow. God, uh, you know, Psalms 51. Restore unto me a clean heart, O God. Renew yeah. a steadfast spirit within me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Just like one of the young ladies, you prayed today, sister. You know, take, away, you know, give us back our first love. Take away the distractions. As you continue reading in the First John. You see that if you, in chapter 3, continue in that sin, you become a son of the devil like he was warning them. Look at 1 John 3, 7. Dear children, don't let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Everybody say, of the devil. Of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Is is the devil's work perversion? Is it anger? Is it bitterness? Is it uh, you know depression and these different things? Is that the devil's work, people? Yeah, yeah. But did Jesus destroy the devil's work? Yeah. Amen. So why live with it anymore? Amen? Amen. And that's why it says in verse nine, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Let me just share a few stories about oppression, some good stories with you here, people that I've seen uh, get set free. There was a young lady that was in seminary in Bible college in her uh, early 20s in Minneapolis, and as she was in Bible college, she developed a close friend that was a girl. She had never uh, been tempted with being a lesbian, same-sex attraction, but at this time she was uh, not serving the Lord as she ought to. She became very close with this young lady and as they were hanging out one day they began to wrestle and as they wrestled they touched different parts of, of their body and she was aroused sexually and she then was tempted. At that time she didn't cry out to God and say, Lord deliver me from the temptation of homosexuality, same-sex attraction but instead she let the desire become full grown and it gave birth to sin. And she became involved in a homosexual, lesbian relationship with this young lady. It caused her to drop out of seminary. It also led her to other things as drinking. And then even from that relationship, she started becoming more promiscuous, having sex with other girls. But she knew in her heart that it wasn't right. She wasn't possessed, there there wasn't many, many demons holding her down and making her foam at the mouth or live at the side of a a cave, but she wasn't able to get free. She was oppressed. Every time she tried to fight that same-sex attraction, she felt that it would pull her even stronger. Every time she would say never again, she would end up doing it even worse. Then finally, she came to a service and she did that simple thing that God had been asking her to do all along. Just confess it. To confess your sin is all He's asked us to do. He can do the rest, my friends. And so she came to that altar. She confessed her sin. She said, God, I have sinned against Your Word. You said that this is unnatural. And God, would You set me free? Would You set me free from this oppression? And that day, Jesus Christ came into her life and set her free. But I would love to say, you know, at that moment, she never had a same-sex desire again. I would love to say that at that moment, she never felt that same feeling. But you know what the truth is? She did because it was a sin to her that was tempting. Just as one of us would still be tempted with going out and looking at pornography or losing our temper, she had to deal with now that sin of same-sex attraction. And so she came to our... Master's Commission in New Orleans and she began to work with the young ladies there and as she would feel that Temptation come she would confess it to another. They would pray for her They guarded her against certain friendships that might lead her down that path and she began to learn to fight temptation She graduated from our Master's Commission went back to seminary and graduated She fell in love with a beautiful man today She's married with a beautiful child serving the Lord for over 10 years. See, Jesus sets the captives free. But to this day, will she have to fight temptation? Yes, she will, just like the rest of us. But God has shown Himself faithful to her, and He will show Himself faithful to you. One other story that just comes to my mind, I've worked with drug addicts ever since I got set free from being a drug addict myself. I brought in over 30 homeless people into my house to help them. All of them hooked on drugs and alcohol. And I'm reminded of this one gentleman that came to my house named Mike. And I met him at a restaurant. And as I was getting the food, we were talking and he was waiting on us. And I shared with him, I had just come back from my sister's funeral. And he said, man, I just lost my sister too. And we began to talk and I gave him our church card. And then later that night, he called me up and he said, Joe, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm Mike. I was your waiter. I'm hooked on crack. I use the money from my job to spend it all on crack every night. And I'm sleeping in a motel. Would you come and pray for me? Would you help me? And I want to say the same thing. When Mike came, he wasn't that man living at the end of the tombs. He wasn't demon possessed, you know, foaming at the mouth, casting himself in the fire. But he was so oppressed by that sin of addiction, which the Bible calls in the New Testament pharmakia. It's witchcraft, the use and administering of drugs. And so as he came to my house, we began to pray. And it was late at night. And as I was praying and laying my hands on him, his face was emaciated, white, you know, pale white. And he was going through withdrawals. But as we began to pray, the glory of God came from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Tears were streaming down his face. And he began to worship Jesus. And you can feel the freedom in that place. Praise God. And I remember... You know, as he was living in my house and he was doing all the things I would ask him to do, I remember saying, brother, you need to now go to a program. You know, I've I've brought you this far. You need to go somewhere else so they can take you further. And I I cried and I wept when I brought him to the program because he was a friend to me now. And he had stayed with me about three months. And, you know, during that time, I had to leave that church in New Orleans, come to Chicago, and years went by. And then Nancy and I went down from Mardi Gras and we were visiting a church called Victory Fellowship during the time of Hurricane Katrina and I don't know if you remember Nancy meeting him on a forklift. There he was on a forklift truck lifting up the food, feeding the poor, feeding the disenfranchised, the hurting of Katrina and I said Mike how have you been? He said I've been saved and sanctified brother. Thank you for bringing me freedom. Would you stand to your feet in Jesus name? Can we give him one more shout of glory? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today, God has that same power in store for your life. Did Mike have to fight temptation from that day forward? Yes, he did. Will you have to fight temptation? Yes, you will. But you can win the battle. Leelani, would you come, please? Let's begin to pray. Father, I thank You that, God, we can fight against these spirits. And, Lord, by the power of Your Son, Jesus, we can win. Lord, I pray for every person in this place. That, Lord, if they're today suffering under the oppression of the devil, that, God, they'll confess their sins. That, Lord, they won't hide them from You and give a place to the devil a foothold. But, Lord, they'll repent. And You'll set them free. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask that our 201 and altar worker students would come to the front. We're just going to sing a simple song of worship. Jesus, come to my rescue is the words. Because we learned with the life of Saul that as worship and praise goes up, the devil's got to go up. He's got to leave. He's got to come out when the praises go up. Come on. We're just going to begin to seek the Lord. And as we do, it doesn't matter if you are just thinking you're oppressed. Or you think you might be possessed. It doesn't matter. But you know the devil's been messing with you. You need to come forward as we begin to sing this song. And they're going to pray for you. And no one's going to judge you. Because today we believe that there's freedom in the name of Jesus. Will you help her get a little bit louder? Let's get ready to sing this song. Jesus, come to my rescue. Thank you. Hallelujah. and they're going to pray for you. Ellie, would you place the words of this song up so as those who are in there by their chairs they can sing it? Come on, because we're going to set the atmosphere of worship here as others are being set free from the spirits that oppress them or possess them. We're going to set the atmosphere with worship. Can you put the song up a little bit, please, Ellie? Come on, Jesus. She's over and over and over and Is freedom. You're free. Freedom. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're awesome, God. As you're getting prayed for, and you're free, just begin to worship Him. Worship God today. In the beauty of holiness, you're free. You're free. Never
1: the same again.
4: Never the same again. Never the same again. Jose Lito waves your hand. If there's a gentleman that needs prayer, go to Jose Monique is here. If the young lady needs prayer. There's Blossom over there. Lula, if you need prayer, we're going to keep praying until everyone is free. Everyone gets free tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. We were all bound up, but God, you set us free. We used to be slaves to sin, but now, God, we're your children. your righteousness oh come on if you're already been prayed for you can sing this song tonight just sing it out to the Lord as the others are being prayed for setting this atmosphere of worship even deeper just like David playing the harp and the spirits would leave they have to go in Jesus name Jesus sets you free he is the Deliverer, He is the Rescuer, there is nowhere else to go, no other name by which I am saved, capture me with grace, capture me with grace, I will follow you. See, what do you do once you're free? You get filled with the Holy Spirit and you follow Jesus. You fight temptation. If you sin, you confess it, but you live
1: free.